This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every single dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. Okay, we are here. This is so fun. Nice to see you. It's so good to see you. I already said this off mic, but you're looking beautiful on Zoom. Thank you. I have a ton of makeup on just in case. You did like really cool eyeliner today. Did you do eyeliner or am I just seeing things? Okay. Um, this like really white shimmery stuff on my eyelid, a darker shimmery, and then a liquid line. I literally only know what to do with what I'm doing now and no other tricks. This is my one trick makeup wise. Okay. So is it just a line on the top and then some sort of like whitish eyeshadow? Yes. Um, I only wear hourglass makeup. It's a LA based brand made in Venice and it's all organic and it's like, yeah, very well made. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing about it, and I shouldn't talk too much out of turn, but I think because they're kind of like natural they may not have like funky, crazy colors if you want to have like blue eyeshadow and which I also think is really cool, um, but they are good for like basic classic. Yeah, I feel like their stuff is very everyday wear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They have some um, really great kind of like shimmery bronzing powders that I'm stunning. Into. Stunning. Yeah. Like sort of highlightery, but not not quite. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell it's an L.A. based brand because they're kind of all about like skin glowing. Yeah, that's true. I feel like all of their products just it's like they just want you to glow. They don't necessarily want you to like cake it on. I have to say I grew up wearing Mac, which now I think is like, I mean, obviously Mac will not sponsor us, but is I think it's like absolute garbage. Like it just oh, is like, it? you can feel the chemicals like uh-huh. it's just I feel so like a lot of makeup artists still use a lot of Mac. It feels gloopy. It feels mm-hmm. thick. It feels like it just feels bad. The thing that I always loved about Mac was I thought they always had really cool, crazy eyeshadow colors. They have amazing colors. It was always like sparkly aqua. You know, it's just stuff where you're like, I want to be the person who wears that. But actually, because I have green eyes, I always felt like blues and greens didn't look good on my eyes Mm. because 
the matching somehow it's like not enough of a contrast so it actually doesn't stand out but like if you were to wear blue eyeshadow it would like pop off your face you know i feel bad about what i said about mac because like they might be this great company (laughs) and i just basically said that they like give you cancer which is like i have no idea but i guess i'm just this is one of the 20s to 30s thing like in 20s you're like what and wild sure mac sure and then you're older and you're like I want beautiful makeup that actually improves my skin and is $100,000. But then you hear these things where you're like, oh, this cheaper line is actually made in the exact same factory that makes like Hourglass or whatever. And so I love little insider tips like that. Like that brand NYX. Oh, NYX, that's yeah. Like a, yeah, NYX. Um, it's like less expensive, but someone was telling me, like a makeup artist was telling me once that like that is a very high quality brand mm. and yeah and it's super inexpensive but i love their powder and a couple oh other yeah things. my old eyebrow threader would always fill my eyebrows in with nicks and she's like this is like five dollars yeah store. that stuff's really good gal who were you this stinking oh, old my week? who stinking was i <laughs> um i'm gonna say i was a bit of a charlotte this week i'm definitely starting to get into the holiday spirit which i feel <gasps> like is very charlotte because she's a jew who wants to keep her christmas tree um <laughs> but yeah i i even like I went to Whole Foods this week and decided to buy some eggnog just to like casually have in my fridge because I realized how much I love eggnog lattes. I got an eggnog latte last week from Starbucks for the first time in like four years. How was it? It was fucking phenomenal. Mm. Rose, it like blew my dick off. I could not believe how delicious it was. It sounds like what would come out of your dick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just a a hot, caffeinated, creamy goodness. Exactly. It sounds so good. Oh, it was so good. And I was really proud of myself because I am totally like the reason Starbucks's business model is the way it is. I am the person who goes in and like has to amend the classic way of making it. I have to like change the milk. I have to change the amount of pumps of sweetener. I have to change everything. The pumps. And the pumps. Yeah. And oh my God, it all ties back. Your pump order has to. Yeah, my pump order. But no, I always am like, how many pumps is in that? Four? Okay, yeah, let's make that, you know, one and a half or whatever it is. Girl, I love an adjustable order. Well, but this time I was really proud of myself because I went in. I did not like Sally from When Harry Met Sally it. I just was like, give it to me straight the way you guys make it. Like, don't let me fuck up your. Chef's choice. Yes. Omakase. Exactly. Omakase latte. Yeah. So they gave it to me and I was like, you know what? It turns out that the Starbucks chef knows knows these drinks better than I do. Because Daddy Starbucks. Daddy Starbucks knows what he's doing. Whatever the amount of pumps and eggnog and whatever the ratio of sugar to cream or whatever, it was like dead on the most delicious thing. So anyways, as a result, I was like, you know what? I think I need to keep eggnog around. So I bought some eggnog, but I'm really pissed because I accidentally grabbed the low fat kind. They were like right next to each other. And it is that is not good. <laughs> not tasty. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine if you want like a if little. If you're going to nog, you need to just go full if nog. If you're going to nog, you have to full nog. This yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, full nog, yeah. No, this, I am, none of this half nog shit. I mean, okay, yes, there is like the suggestion of what nog tastes like in my coffee right now that I'm drinking, but it's not, it doesn't have that oomph that I'm looking for. I just have to say when you said that you got the Starbucks order exactly as they did it and loved it, I just pictured you being an intense businesswoman, taking her bun down and taking the shoulder pads (laughs) out and being like, you know what? I'm not right all the time. (laughs) Also, I hate. Oh my God, I'm so 
so like the uptight. Yeah, like in in like a rom com, it's like Starbucks you know, talked you. Hey, I can relax and like you know the girls on the beach and she's like on her BlackBerry the yes, whole time because yes. it's like from the early aughts. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. But you know sometimes Jamie. Like a like a successful, gorgeous Jamie just needs to let let daddy Starbucks just take the reins. No. Yeah. You just have to nog the way the nog wants you to nog. I'm also like I'm obsessed with the story. I love the holiday spirit. <laughs> I love everything about it. I, I really don't want to do the classic thing that all the women do in my family. When someone says that they like something, every woman in my family goes, oh, really? I don't really like that. But I'm going to do the thing that we do in my family, which is. I do not like hollandaise sauce. I do yeah. not like aioli and I don't like eggnog. Okay. And I think they're related. Because I like... It's wobbly white. I'll, I'll, I'll walk through these. Hollandaise sauce, I've never understood. I, I, I understand if people like hollandaise sauce. I'll put that. There's that sentence. But okay. I've never understood how Eggs Benedict is as popular of a dish as it is. It doesn't really appeal to me. I don't know how it got like incredibly famous, like Bieber level famous. It's I like don't eggs understand with eggs that. sauce on it. It's its yeah, own it's like sauce. Eggy sauce on. Yeah, it's the sauce of the thing. <laughs> of that, itself. Yeah, it's the sauce it's of itself. A yeah, little exactly. bit rude and honestly kind of evil. Spirited. It's like masturbatory, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I'll have my own sauce on myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have me on me. Yeah, um, it's just yeah, a little it's bit a like little gross. It's fetus. Um, yeah. Um, but aioli I love, especially with like Belgian cut French fries. Like, ooh, it's so actually, good. I take back the aioli. And you know what? I should really take back the nog because I just haven't had it in like a really long time. And maybe I'm completely missing out on this delicious thing. Well, also, maybe your holiday drink preference just sort of leans a different way. Like maybe you go mold wine, you know, maybe instead of nog, you go glog. Isn't it glog? It is glog. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, guys, listeners, are you where where are my glog heads? My nog heads out there. Well, here's the thing, Jamie. How do we we divide? Our Scandinavian listeners are loving hearing a little glog shout out, a glug shout out. Glug is mold wine, right? Or is it different? I think it's mold wine. Yeah, I think it is, too. Yeah. But here's the thing, Jamie. It tastes like mold wine. As a as an inexperienced nog drinker mm-hmm. from the outside, it seems a little uh, nog this, if you will. Oh, okay, I yeah. Hate myself. I'm just no, gonna, I love it. That was good. Go slam my fist in a door. But it kind of has like a jizzy snot consistency vibe. Well, sure. I mean, look, that's how you that's the lens through which you choose to look. Um, but you're not wrong. I mean, you're I could be. I, I sounds really grinchy the way I'm describing it. But like a jizz grinch. I'm totally you're being a being bit a jizz of a jizz grinch. grinch. Now, here's the thing. One thing I think that could maybe help you get over Tell me. the jizz comparison is if the next time you do treat yourself to a glass of I'm nog, going to. If you can just make sure to really look for the little flecks of of vanilla bean. Okay. Because I think that makes it really decadent when you're like, oh, this kind of resembles like delicious, high quality ice cream. Well, when I come back Melted. to our hood, we are going to have a date where we meet at the Starbucks and we're both going to, I'm going to get whatever you order, the mm. holiday nog. We're going to take a nice walk, and I I think I'm going to love it. Okay. Well, Rose, who were you this week? I mean, I kind of feel like I said the same thing last week, but I'm going to say it again, and I don't really care because it's really good. But I'm, again, like last week, I am a reverse carry because I just finished. It's really weird with, like, 12-step stuff. You're really not supposed to ever talk about it. It's really supposed to be anonymous, which is so strange for me, who's such a sharing person. Meaning you're not supposed to even share like what you experienced it like yeah I always thought the anonymous part applied more to like don't talk about who's in your group definitely but it kind of I kind of get the vibe that like you're kind of not supposed to talk about it like like what stays in 
What stays in group stays in group. Or what happens like, in group stays in group. Not only just that, but that, like you're not even supposed to. I, I, I don't really totally know all the rules, mm-hmm. but I just finished. Um, There's 12 steps in every 12 step group, obviously. Um, And I just finished my fifth step, which is when and I maybe even already said this, but I like completely finished it where you basically tell someone like your entire list of like stored anger, stored denials, resentment, resentment about your own behavior, other people's. Your denials about your family, your denials about your own behavior, family secrets, abandonment, shameless, all your entire relationship inventory. It's like everything, single thing about that has like caused you any kind of grief. Yeah. And you it takes like a month to like do all of the writing to fill it all out. And then the fifth step is you get partnered with somebody that you feel comfortable with and you like share your entire it's like all of your secrets. Wow. And um, it takes a long time. It took four hours. So we split it up between two days. Wow. But I like feel amazing. <gasps> like, That's so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was almost like euphoric the other day. I like, kind of felt like I was on drugs. I was like such an amazing exercise. And when I finished the first half, I had so much compassion for myself. It, it's such an incredible self-compassion and self-empathy exercise. Because when you really go through everything, you're like, Jesus Christ. like. That was a lot to handle. Like, yeah, it just makes you really I think it really helps with a lot of like self-criticism and just being like more forgiving and loving. Like it just weird magic. I really feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of me. That's like, incredible. I have a question about it. Yeah. So when you're talking about the steps. Yeah. How like how long? How, how, it's well, a year how long program. It, it's one year. Yeah. That's okay. the step group that I'm in. And basically we meet twice a week. We pair up randomly with somebody in our group every week. You just get in a breakout room and then you just go over that week's stuff. So you're doing all the steps together. And then you're filling out. You said you had to fill you out a questionnaire. Anyone a can get the workbook okay. that I, I do. Like, you don't even have to do it with anybody. I think they call it. Sounds fellow, good to do with the group. I love doing it. They call it with fellow travelers. Like, I like having fellow travelers because you could easily just do this whole book at home. But I think listening to so many people have such a similar experience and realize that you're so not unique and just hearing it from other people and hearing what people went through, like it really cracks your heart open. And Mm. it just, I think the whole thing is just like a huge empathy, compassion, like whammy. That's awesome. And I don't use whammy lightly. (laughs) <laughs> no, you don't. No, that is not I don't a joke. just throw that is a it around. serious whammy. Yes, yeah, so I just no been in a really good whammy. mood and it just feels like everything like I'm writing this pilot and I just feel really, like really good about it. I don't even know if it's good, but I'm just really enjoying the process. And well, like, that's everything. Yeah, I just feel more creative. And I went on like an hour long walk without pain. And I just feel like <gasps> everything just. Yeah, it just feels like they say that like healing and recovery is like magic. And I, I really like think that's true. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm happy. I feel really I grateful. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? COVID's happening. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing going on. And I just feel like I'm like really doubling down on my relationship with myself and my healing. And I just feel like the results are so great. That's so good. What a turn. What a journey. Isn't it crazy? From where you were. Oh my God. It's I had to incredible. not be on the it podcast because so I was crying too hard. Remember? Yeah, it just got really dark right before oh, surgery. It got so dark. It and it's just like really horrible. exciting that you're Thank on the other you. side of it. Well, this is four weeks post-surgery. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Four weeks. Wow. Two more weeks. And I'm like not in the clear, but I'm like over yeah. the first hump. That's great. That's exciting. 
Thank you. Cool. I love that. Before we get into this episode, I say it every episode. I literally texted Jamie and Skylar. I think this is, I laughed out loud consistently alone. I thought it was, I almost cried a bunch of times. I think this is, up until this point, the best episode. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's so fucking funny. The comedy writing in this episode is like perfect. Yeah. I mean, said it before. I'll say it again. Season six. It just gets better and better. Every single episode. It just builds and builds. Unreal. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Okay, guys. Well, today we are covering season six, episode four. Pick a little, talk a little. Rose, kick it off, baby. Thanks, girl. So the episode begins with Samantha. Oh, my God. I mean, every Samantha. I hope she got an Emmy for this episode. She (laughs) was so fucking good. So Samantha's doing some casual late night vacuuming when she gets interrupted by an intruder in a ski mask. It's Jerry, the hot waiter slash actor she's been seeing. They battle it out on the bed with some rope and end up having sex. And I have to say, even these jokey sex scenes I thought were extremely hot. And they really were. fun and creative. And I was like, you know what? I hope my next partner is up for stuff like this because that looks really fun. They're also, I mean, it's like, it feels like an obvious point, but like hot people having Makes sex. sex really they, yeah, 100%. Oh, he's yeah. unbelievable looking. Yeah. And she's, she's. He's an Adonis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Later, Samantha heads to drinks with the rest of the core four plus Burger, where Miranda's hot off a date. So how did the date end? Um... He walked me home. I'm sorry. Are you maxed out on girl talk? No, no, no. I'm good. I'll let you know. Okay. So he kissed me goodnight at the door. I invited him up. He couldn't because he had an early meeting. We kissed again. Then he said he'd call. Two kisses. Very promising. You think even though he didn't come up? Definitely. It means he likes you, but he wants to take it slow. That's nice. Burger, what do you think? You really want to know? Please, I would love to have a man's opinion for a change. All right, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. He's just not that into you. That's not true. Don't listen to him. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Elaborate. Look, I'm sorry, but when a guy's really into you, he's coming upstairs, meeting or no meeting. Oh, that is ludicrous. What about extenuating circumstances? What about you're stressed out, you're on deadline, you have a migraine? Or a lot of guys are afraid of getting their feelings hurt and they don't want to ruin a friendship. Or, 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 or they're LOL. freaked out by their own feelings. There's a lot of push-pull out there, a lot of mixed messages. Yeah, I'd have to say that's all code for he's just not that in here. I'm sorry, but with guys, it's very simple. If we're into you, we're coming upstairs. We're booking the next date. There are no mixed messages. No mixed messages, but I've spent my whole life deciphering mixed messages. I've made a whole career of it. Wow, he's just not that into me. He's just not that into me. Oh, honey, ignore this person. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You were fired. 
Look, if he's not India, the guy's obviously a weenie, so... No, no, weenie I love it. Weenie's so funny. It is the most liberating thing I have ever heard. Think how much time and therapy I could have saved over the last 20 years if I had known this. Wow, this is the... He's just not that into you episode. I didn't... I mean, I feel like that's like a big sort of like benchmark episode of, uh, of the whole series. It's also one of those things like they kind of like they very clearly like know what they have with that phrase and they just keep hitting it like not just in this conversation but it's like it becomes miranda's mantra this whole episode yeah i mean well it also led to greg barrent going on oprah talking about it and then it became a feature film and led to like subsequent books like it so yeah it's like a whole cultural phenomenon I feel like this is one of those things. And again, I really enjoy watching the show because I don't remember any of this stuff. So it feels like it's the first time. Yeah. And when they started doing that, I almost got goosebumps because I was like, you know what? This is why people are going to do podcasts and be talking and writing about this show and copying the show and using the show as a reference until the end of time, because this was more than a show. Women now in dating now yeah. use this. And it's just like the rabbit vibrator. This is a show that actually changed culture and changed people's lives. And it sounds dramatic, but like, no, it's not dramatic. It's exactly right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's this is the kind of shit that like now helps me. And it's really black and white. And I think some women and men might be like, all oh, guys are not like this. Sometimes there's circumstances, but it's fucking true. And it's like. This is a culture shifting moment. And I it's like sometimes a documentary will change lives. Like, you know, there are documentaries that expose like really big, horrible things about the environment or foster care that like change policy. This is like saved like a million women. Like right. this is changing date policy. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. And yeah, it's also cool that like Burger. Is, I, I actually had forgotten until we rewatched this, that Burger is the one to deliver this whole thing that this is kind of his philosophy that he brings to the girls. And I love how Berger and Miranda connect. Like it's just kind of an unlikely pairing. And I love that Miranda's so receptive to it. Like she feels so freed by it. I um, agree. I think the yeah, cool, it's cool to watch. I totally agree. Miranda was the one who got it rejected. So it's nice that she's not like, it, it's cool how they executed it, that she wasn't like, Oh, it's really, that sucks. Like this makes me feel bad. She was like, Oh my God. You just made my life better because now I don't have to spend all of this unnecessary energy and headspace on someone who isn't doing the same for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think actually it's so cool how Miranda reacts, like not defensive, not she wasn't acting whiny. It was just like she was like, thank you. You know what? I feel very grateful. Like I have a a friend who's younger in her 20s and she was dishing to me about this guy she's seeing. And like, I don't know what the deal is with them. It kind of sounds like he probably just wants to have sex with her and she's just like wants to make it a relationship. And she was kind of like overanalyzing it. And I'm sort of at this age and like wisdom stage of my life where like you can't really tell people anything like they're just going to she's going to do what she wants and sleep with him until he breaks her heart. And that's just that. There's nothing I can say. Mm. You know what I mean? But I yeah. felt kind of grateful, not in a haughty, condescending way, but just in my own self. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm past the like doing all these weird gymnastics to try and right. make somebody's clear behavior into what I wish it was yep. like. Yeah. 
that's yeah that's like such a nice thing to realize growth wise you're like oh i at least i don't do that anymore yeah it's like that whole like you know i don't know if you have friends like this and i don't have that many she's younger but she that are like what do you think i should do it's a young thing like what do you think i should do about this guy and then it's just so violently obvious and it's like how can you be asking me this what do i think i should do about this guy that's like you're not fully yourself with or comfortable with and you're super attracted to but you like sublimate your real personality like what do i think you should do i mean goodbye done like what do you think you should do like i'm trying to think of like if i have any friends like stories well i'm also just thinking like you know in this situation like burger it sort of merges so seamlessly with carrie's friends and it made me think about like have i ever tried to like show off a new boyfriend to friends and it didn't go well and I, or or been in a situation where a friend of mine had that happen where I was like yikes your new oh, dude that's sucks. interesting what about you have you had that I mean I definitely felt like I have such a big personality and I'm so chatty and um I remember when I first took my ex to dinner with my really close friends Paisley and Caitlin and we're all like so chatty and he was so quiet Mm. he's also just like quiet and also just like absolutely like seething with self-loathing that like he just (laughs) couldn't really jump into the combo and i did feel a little like sweat armpits like can you please help me here and like jump into that that sort of thing is so stressful (laughs) i feel like i feel like i it's that same sort of thing where you like want to show your friend like uh, like a movie you love or whatever and you like keep looking over for their reaction yeah 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 Yeah. totally but it's a person you've like committed to (laughs) yeah that scene was such a great scene because it's like your absolute dream it's like the absolute dream is that the people you love are gonna love the person that you love i remember introducing a boyfriend uh, to my family, like to my aunt and uncle and cousins. One time we all went to dinner in New Jersey. This is back when I was living in New York. I really thought they were going to be so charmed by him. Like I couldn't wait to introduce him because he was so charming and so charismatic. And it was so interesting watching my cousins just like not know how to talk to him. Not, mm. not interested like they didn't find him like funny and amazing. They were kind of just like, it was a lot of like stop and start conversations. That's so like, stressful. You know, a lot of like, oh yeah, I know someone who lives in that part of Jersey. Oh, cool. And then nothing else. And you're like, okay guys, like we just couldn't get a rhythm, you know, in the conversation. Yeah. It was just like, and afterwards I found out that my aunt, my aunt was like, he's nice. He's a little arrogant. And I was like, oh, my perception of this person is so different from yours. It's also kind of a bummer when your friends like see someone for who they really are and you're not ready that yet because you're still yeah, trapped. Yeah, and of course, like that ends up being the reason that we kind of broke up 100%. later on. It's exactly what they didn't like about him. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's one of those things where you like your aunt is like he's kind of uh, and you're you're like completing. You're like he's amazing. She's like and arrogant. He's, uh, yeah, yeah, arrogant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, That's cool. We were going word. the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting back into it, back at Carrie's after the bar, Carrie and Berger debrief about everyone. Berger loved Miranda, and he has some big news. He loves Carrie, too. Ah! She's actually happy to hear it, and she says it right back. In fact, she wanted to say it all night. I actually absolutely, my heart melted when he goes, how could you not love Miranda? I was like... And then I love when Carrie goes, "I don't you love her? I love, love, love her. She's like, 
<laughs> so emphatic for Miranda. That, that was a scene that I wish I could live. Just hearing my partner be like, I love your best friend. Another delivery thing that I noticed this episode is when Berger says the thing about uh, he's just not that into. And <laughs> I love Sarah Jessica Parker's delivery when she goes, don't listen to him. Yes. She like turns into the witch in Hocus Pocus. That's so cute. I know. <laughs> like, that is not how Carrie sounds. That's so true. Don't listen to him. No, she goes off the rails to scratchy. Yeah. yeah. Gee. Yeah, yeah. She has a she has like a high octave. She has like a really wide octave for acting. I love when she's, she's like the like Mariah Carey really goes acting. off the rails with her character because it doesn't happen that often. So it's really exciting when you're like, that was a choice. And like, yeah, you know you always... what? She's charming enough to pull it off somehow. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say, Sky? I was just going to say, I feel like you always notice it because, yes, you don't expect it, but she will go big every now and again. And it's always surprising and fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you're like, whoa, and that was the one they used. You know, they had so many others that were just like, a scrunchie. Yeah. But they chose to do the one that's like, that's scrunchie. Yeah, the one that was like a vocal warm up. Just yep. like, yeah, we yep. love this. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's the take. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. The next day, Carrie meets up with Charlotte, the only member of the core four who loves love more than her. Charlotte, of course, is in love with Harry, too. And now that she's officially a Jew, she's putting together a whole Shabbos dinner for him. When Carrie gets back home, she finds a surprise. Berger's new novel. Over at Samantha's, she and Jerry do some more role playing. He is her hunky auditor and she owes some serious back taxes. They decide to settle them by, well, having sex. I'm going to say something that like, it's definitely going to get me in hot water. It's very subversive. But Jerry is so fine. Oh He's my God. so yeah, that's hot. A controversial opinion. I mean, thank you. Thank you, Darren Starr, Michael Patrick King, whoever, because you didn't give us that many hotties. This one is a bona fide five no, we star. Wait. We waited. We earned this. Oh, God, we did. Right as Carrie finishes reading Berger's book, he knocks on the door. He has got to know what she thought about it. She loved it, but she does have one note. New York women don't wear scrunchies, but the woman in his novel sure does. She thinks it's a small, silly issue, but he doesn't. Carrie and Miranda talk it over later. Miranda wants them to make up as she is very pro Berger. And over at Charlotte's, she's really getting into the swing of the whole Judaism thing. She even got a mezuzah, which her neighbor is not happy to hear her hammering away at. Miranda, meanwhile, overhears some women complaining about a guy and decides to impart burgers. He's just not that into you wisdom. Unfortunately, these girls are not into that. Not into you wisdom. I loved that scene. I thought it was so cute. Yeah, it was just perfect. And Samantha and Jerry play out another fantasy, this time at a bar. He's a hard bitten detective. And that dress she wore was amazing. Yeah. Oh, she's the dame he's got to interrogate. Unfortunately, when Samantha orders them drinks, Jerry insists on drinking a seltzer. He's an AA, and that little bit of reality basically ruins the fantasy. Carrie and Miranda, meanwhile, catch up with Charlotte for some Shabbos prep. Can you read me what's next after it's braided? Hmm. Uh. Oh. With her high school boyfriend, Charlotte doodled. With Harry, she jootled. Um, Boy, I babe. think it calls for two cups of Mrs. Harry York Goldenblatt. <laughs> Did I miss something? Did you get married while I was at work? No, but 
That's where we're headed. You forgot Charlotte Yorkenblatt. Actually, I've been making some calls and I was wondering how you both felt about November. November for what? For our wedding. Most of the synagogues are booked through the fall. November works for me. Has Harry even proposed yet? Miranda? No, but he will. Aren't you counting your matzo balls before they rise? Miranda, zip the lip. Harry and I have an understanding about our future. We don't have to talk about it all the time. It's, it's beshert. I don't know what that means. It's meant to be. I would never have gone through all this trouble if I didn't know for sure that we were getting married. I'm sorry, I just don't want to see you get hurt again. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm, well, I do know why. Because I am Jewish, I get really weirdly emotional and touched when she says little things. Like, even when she goes, it's beshert. I mean, it's just like, sounds like my grandmother and my grandfather. Yeah. It's really touching to me for some reason. Yeah, it's also just like very exciting to see Charlotte as a Jew. It's like... We never thought the day would come and now it's here. She's doing it. She's using the vocab. And yeah, it's just uh, we've talked about it before, but it's very fun to see just like the waspiest person you've ever met becoming a Jew. You're like, oh, we're like family now. Yeah. And there's definitely like obviously so many Jewish people in Hollywood writing scripts and da da da. And there's a lot of shows like Transparent and stuff where you see Jewish stuff. But like just watching the mezuzah or the barucha, like that's just really like homey to me. Yeah, feels kind of like loving. I don't know. I like watching it. Yeah, I did keep thinking with with Charlotte's conversion storyline. It keeps putting me in mind of the Seinfeld storyline with Jerry's dentist who converts just so he can tell Jewish jokes like very, very quickly. Oh, my God. I've never seen that. That's so funny. It's such a fun episode. Tim Watley. It's so good. Okay, so Rose, what do you think of Charlotte's plans for remarrying? I mean, it it's weird because even though they're like, I just don't want you to get hurt. It doesn't seem to me, I don't think she's living in a fantasy land. She's in an extremely committed relationship with somebody who's I agree. very committed to her. So I don't really see a, I don't think Charlotte's, you know, he's like, this is what you needed to get married and she's doing it. So yeah, they're on a track. Yeah, to me, it's not like she's a 16 year old girl who's like, I'm going to marry my teacher. It's like, this is the guy she's completely. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's totally legit. And I don't think Charlotte's being crazy at all. What do you think? No, me neither. No, I don't think so. And I think that the fight that they end up having is just so uh, devastating, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But she's, you know, she's really putting in all of the effort to make this relationship work. And she knows that Harry is worth it. And what they have is real. And it's really sad to watch it come apart later in the episode. It's really, really hard to watch. I have to say, I, I think that this is like a really golden season for Charlotte, because even watching her like slave away and put up a mezuzah and go to Zabar's and do all this stuff. It's like, you know, there were episodes in the past and seasons where she came off as extremely superficial and sh shallow and whatever. But this is where you see like the essence of Charlotte, which is that she's actually a really caring, loving person. Really caring, a total provider. It also, yeah, Rose, I love that you brought that up because it also shows that the right person in a wrong relationship seems like the wrong person. And she really was in relationships that specifically with Trey, where it's like the, the good about Charlotte just wasn't showing through. 
because he didn't bring that out in her. And now that she's with someone who does bring that out, it's like, oh, yeah, Charlotte's great. Like, she's just so caring. She's so loyal. She's just so loving. And yeah, like, yeah, it's it's a it's a nice reminder that, like, if you are in the right relationship, like, you know, it will bring out the best in you. I think that's a really perfect point. And I, I really like that you brought up the Trey thing because it's like Trey already had a woman taking care of him and that was his mother. So there was really no room for Charlotte to do anything nice for him. And you know what? Doing something nice for someone else is a gift for you. Like it feels Absolutely. really good to give to people like it's. Yeah, especially when you're like in love with them. Yeah. You're not like, oh, my God, this is like, you know, so much work. You're like, oh, I, I want to do this. It for you. makes you happy to make people you love happy. And so Definitely. and it's just yeah, I, I think I think we're really seeing. I think you're right. I think. I think you made a beautiful point, Jamie. I'm almost just reiterating, but it's kind of a romantic and and really inspiring notion that like when you're with the right person, like your good qualities are like magnified and like blossom. That's such a nice idea. Yeah. Okay. well, later, Samantha heads to a restaurant to meet Jerry. This time, the fantasy is secret service. Yes. But something is off. He's not dressed like a secret service agent at all. It turns out Jerry wants a real date with Samantha. At first, she is not interested, but when she unloads about herself and who she really is, he's surprisingly game. He also drops his full name. It's Jerry Jared. So Samantha's intrigued. Okay, that scene, I don't know if it's my mood. I fucking laughed out loud and I was actually really touched. Oh, yeah. Jerry Jared is one of the funniest things I've ever. And also the fact that the characters think it's funny and he's like, you're telling me it's just so cool. But then it's also so funny that the hottest guy (laughs) is is named Jerry Jared. It's amazing. (laughs) It's just like the best writing. The fact that that's not my password to everything is a huge (laughs) mistake that needs to be fixed. But also, I don't remember a good name for like a pet. If you get a dog or something, Jerry Jared. It's a good name for like a label, like a like a film production company like jerry jared productions jerry jared productions (laughs) i also think that i don't remember the exact lines but i was really touched even though it was funny when samantha goes this is who i am i'm selfish i'm always right i'm like this and like that and he goes i know i know that about you and that's just like i don't know why it almost gave me the chills like wow that feeling when you meet somebody who like your your personality isn't like a red flag to them it's like what they're into i don't know i just no, he's so he's so he's just so much more than what meets the eye and it's so exciting to watch this guy who you really believe when she meets him at raw is just going to be the ultimate fuck buddy because it starts you know from when they met at the restaurant then it kind of morphs into this like you know kinky back and forth where they're role playing and everything just seems like it's about sex 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 and it's amazing she doesn't even care to know his name she's like you're just my fuck toy And to watch them actually have an emotional connection when you really would not expect that for these two, it's like, it's just so satisfying. Like there's something, there is a fantasy in like, maybe your fuck buddy could become your boyfriend. Totally. That's so true. That's just like, actually it does happen sometimes. My friend married her fuck buddy and has a kid. There you go. I mean, it's, I, I have not experienced it, but I love hearing that and I love watching it portrayed on the show because I'm like oh my gosh just like the last person you would ever think that you would connect with on that level because you didn't need to you know the sex was so satisfying and Samantha's life is so full in all of the other ways like you know she kind of has everything covered so it's just kind of this fun bonus that he also 
seems to care about her. It's also fun that I feel like last season, Samantha is in, was in such a tricky place with Richard. Like she was really, really self-conscious and kind of wrecked by that relationship. Mm-hmm. And this season thus far, she's been really back to like, Samantha's getting out on the street. She's hooking up. And this scene and, and her delivery of like all of her backstory and who she is feels like the sort of thing that a, a kind of hurt person does to scare away a new partner. And it's so fun to see Jerry just be like, that's great. Like I'm into that. Yeah. Him. It's yeah. really cool. And it's good. Yeah. Good character development for him. Yeah. It's excellent. It's such good writing. Yeah. It's, this episode is like, fucking perfect and carrie decides it's time to make up with burger and forget the whole scrunchie debacle they meet up at a bar where they immediately spot a woman wearing a scrunchie it was such a funny thing i mean you know this is something that happened to the writers in the room absolutely some conversation about scrunchies and burger was right manhattan women do wear scrunchies unfortunately as carrie suspects the woman isn't from manhattan at all they asked just to make sure. And Carrie's right. She's from Georgia. Also, even though I personally don't like the hat she wears, her hair, I'm going to say it again. I think this shoulder length, her hair in the ponytail, I thought I, I'm this is just a superficial observation, but I think this is the best her hair has ever looked. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to say She's that. She's looking banging. She looks beautiful. Miranda, meanwhile, heads to dinner at an Indian restaurant with one of Harry's friends who Charlotte set her up with. It goes great until afterwards when Miranda invites him for coffee. He passes and she thinks it's another, ugh, he's just not that into me situation. Unfortunately, it isn't. The man just really has to take a shit and he takes off running to go to the bathroom. This is a low hanging fruit joke, but I laughed out loud when he said diarrhea. Uh, Incredible. I love that joke. After their scrunchy run in, Carrie and Berger have dessert where Carrie cannot stop gushing about his novel but burger doesn't want to hear it so he just angry eats her souffle over at charlotte's she and harry finally sit down to her big shabbos which gets right off the rails when he turns on a mets game after all her hours of cooking charlotte's not about to have it playing while they eat so harry mutes the tv but that ends up not being quite the fix he hoped for and they have it out Charlotte says he should just propose already, especially given, you know, how generous she's been converting to Judaism and seeing him in the first place. She literally says, do you know what people think when they see us out together? Do you know what people think? It is heartbreaking. Um, And then Harry says the line, which is so amazing when he's like, yeah, I know what people think. I just didn't think you were one of them. You're like, fuck. He does not take this whole thing well. He announces that He actually had a ring. He had it with him and he storms out. I want to. This is one of our formal clips, but I do think we should chat about it a little bit. Um, Yeah, I thought I I think this is a, a really good scene because there's a lot going on. I have to say, even though that was a cruel thing of her to say, I actually did feel a lot of empathy for Charlotte because forget the Jewish and whatever. Charlotte has spent days on this beautiful dinner And he knows that this isn't just his mom making a Shabbos dinner. This is his wasp fiance who grew up not knowing this, who's put in weekends and nights to learn how to do this. And even just the fact that he's like putting the show on mute, it's like just some basic consideration of somebody slaving all day for you. That really bothered me. And I thought his whole thing of just quickly going to, oh, well, every time you get in a fight, you're going to say, well, I did this for you. It's like, yeah, okay, but just tonight, your girlfriend slaved for hours to make you a meal. So you can like turn off the fucking television. Like, yeah. Also like 
yeah, that's why this fight works and why it works. Well, I don't want to get ahead, but that's that's why this fight is written so beautifully because Charlotte is 100% in the right, mm-hmm. but then she just takes it a step too far. Ugh. Like she's right, she's right, she's 100% right. Then she says the thing that you can't take back, which is essentially like you're a troll, I'm a princess. Yes. Do you know what people think when they see us? They think that you are so beneath me. And it's like, fuck, Charlotte. It's like, oh. oh, she just took it so far. But also at the same time, like you said, you know, she's worked so hard to shift and shape herself into being the perfect wife for him down to converting to his religion when it means nothing to her. And it doesn't even mean that much to him from what we've heard. It's just that his mother would have wanted him to marry a Jew. That's the main reason, which is enough of a reason. And Charlotte listens and does all the work she has to do to make that dream come true for Harry. He comes off looking bad in this. I mean, I just feel yeah, like he does. Just he does. like an ungrateful guy who's just like, hey, I'm watching the game. It's like, I just made like seven dishes from scratch. Like, yep. fuck you. It's it's yeah, he's definitely being super shitty. And in Selfish, a way, I'm kind of. Oh, totally. I, I was kind of happy to see this side of Harry, though, because he kind of was in a lot of ways too good to be true just in terms of like Charlotte would be a fucking bitch to him and he was just like come over here you like he was always just like you could literally like step on my skull and I would still want to fuck you yeah you're right it's just it's nice to see him just kind of like have a classic almost like stereotypical guy slip up just like a moment of just complete insensitivity I like that just to make him feel a little more real and also not just a doormat yeah. And also it's fun to see Charlotte get mean. Like totally. the scene was really hard to watch and she definitely went too far. And you're like, ooh, it, it's so satisfying to watch this character just be a fucking cunt for once. That being she's said, really yes. not that person. No. And the truth is everyone in the world like has a moment. The nicest person, the person that you work with, your friend, everyone loses their shit and says Absolutely. horrible things sometimes. Not Especially a lot. Especially when it's dealing with someone you love. Yeah. It's like it just to your it brings out a side of you that, yeah, not everyone's going to see. Yeah. And it's ugly and it's awful. And it's like we've all said shit where afterwards you're just like, I cannot believe I said that. Oh, yeah. It's very real. Yeah, this This fight was. I think this might be my favorite fight of all of the whole series. It's breathtaking. Like you literally could hear a pin drop. I was just like on the edge of my uh, seat. Yeah. And also I just love how it like takes place in this dining room, but then there's the TV and you're just like, oh no, something, something's going to go. It's like a play. It's like a scene from a great Arthur Miller it's play. It's like a play. Yeah. Yes. It feels like an Arthur Miller scene. Totally. It's Chekhov's Mets game. Yep. Ooh. Chekhov's Mets game. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I actually have to say I was so invested in... <laughs> I think I might be like too much of an empath because I was like so invested in everything Charlotte did. I was like, I couldn't believe he left the meal. I was like, even after what she said, I mean, I'm joking, but she really did put a lot into that. She really did. She worked. Yeah. Forever. Yes. Anyways, uh, back to the show. Carrie and Berger, meanwhile, head back to her place after a kind of excruciating date. I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, I got to get an early start tomorrow. Are you kidding? No. Thanks for dinner call you tomorrow. And then there are times when a New York woman should not shut the fuck up. Hey. Burger. Burger. You can't just pull that line on me and walk away. 
Well, this time it's true. Well, you're obviously still pissed, and I'm sorry, but you can't just shut down like this. We have to be able to say what's on our minds. If, if you thought that I had made some kind of mistake, I would want you to tell me. Oh, nice hat. Oh, so harsh. Oh, so harsh. Carrie. It's fabulous, and you just said that to hurt my yeah, feelings. Well, that's how you made me feel the other fabulous. night. Fabulous. Yeah, so you can just walk away now. Uh, yes, I can. Well, look, I'm sorry, all right? But, but what was I supposed to do with that scrunchy comment? Was I supposed to hop in my time machine and go back and fix my entire book? I don't know what your problem is, but it doesn't have anything to do with a scrunchie. Yeah, it's about the fact that my book is a big, fat fucking failure. Wait, what? It's just, you know, I, I already feel like shit. You trying to pump me up all night, not helping. I'm sure this is all very sexy. Probably never really were. Stop. I want to say something, and I want you to listen. You're a beautiful writer, and I loved your book, and I love you, and I still think you're very sexy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to let you make a joke right now. Mm, great scene. That nice hat was such a fuck you. I mean, it is so funny. I This is another part where I'm like, oh, man, I love I loved Carrie's reaction. There's something about like if someone told me they hated what I was wearing, I would feel so self-conscious. Like even if I kind of played it off like, oh, yeah, like you know, I could never do what she did where I'm like, it's fabulous. Like that's your own fucking shit. That's not my shit. Like it was just. I think it maybe was even a little surprising. Like, I wouldn't expect Carrie to be... No, she's usually not that Teflon. That Teflon. Yeah. Yeah. It felt Samantha. Yeah, totally. To, totally. to be like, um, okay, yeah, like, I'm going to take fashion advice from you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just to hear Carrie defend her fashion so quickly. Like, No, it was hot. It was such a hot comment. Yeah. It was also just like, her hat was fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> It was. I think that ridiculous. I think a it's tiny hat is so '90s Moulin Rouge disgusting. Like it, it is so gross, it's so and, awful. And also, there are these moments where you know the show is known for its fashion. It's known for the fashion risks it takes, and it's so cool. To, this was almost like a breaking the fourth wall moment to have a character in our world call out that the fashion at times gets so fucking balls to the wall crazy. It was just very satisfying to just kind of have like a normal dude or or it could have been a girl. It doesn't matter. But just to have someone who's kind of an outsider comment on it and being like, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> Obviously, we don't want to see we don't want to see Carrie fall apart. It was really exciting the way Carrie reacted but it was satisfying just for that moment because it doesn't really happen at all throughout the series. Like no one really we know that she loves buying shoes and stuff, but no one's really commenting on the clothes. And this is the first time someone's just been like, what are you wearing? Well, I think to your point, Jamie, too, about like the show getting better and better. I like every version of the show, but I feel like season six gets the most grounded like this feels like as sophisticated as girls to me or yep. like I know what you mean like the fight that they have felt so fucking so real like real. I've had so many fights with boyfriends where it's like what is wrong with you 
use your words and tell me why you're being an asshole. I mean, in my case, I feel like a lot of the guys like don't even say like or it's just pulling goddamn teeth. Like this was actually kind of like fight porn for me to actually see a guy <laughs> be like, OK, let me actually tell you why I was he did say. being yeah, an he did asshole say. all night. And I thought that her putting her mouth, her hand over his mouth and saying that it was like perfectly acted, perfectly directed. And, you know, it just felt like a real fight in a real relationship, which which is where he's being an asshole because he shut down. She was nitpicking. Mm-hmm. She did that horrible thing where it's like she did do something wrong. He said, what did you think? And she goes, oh, why did you do? Th-? It's like that is the wrong. Yes. That is the critical Jewish mother thing to say to somebody. That yeah, being also, said, like, like people sometimes just want to be told good job. They don't need you to like go into fucking book critics, especially mode. as the first comment. Yeah. But sh- the thing is, she made a mistake totally, but she more than made up for it. And then he's being a fucking giant baby by not accepting the 20,000 compliments. Like, yeah. yeah, she made a little bit of a, a stupid thing by the crit- by criticizing, but he really like regressed and like acted like a baby and then the the hat comment and then the listen to me i love you and then them making up it's like that's a real roller coaster that people in relationships have regularly yes i I was gonna say it's also like it's not as if burger had asked her for notes like he this novel is out print yeah exactly so it's the exact sort of wrong thing to say like to to make a critique that is just like oh i cannot fix that now and now my whole thing you you could see how he gets in his head it's a very like justified oh, yeah. yeah it's actually it, it, yeah again such good writing because it's it, it carrie sees it as such a small detail but for burger i mean i will say like even yeah like if someone made a comment about like when i put my book out if someone made like a tiny little comment i would have probably done the same thing i don't think i would have especially dan or somebody close to you yeah i don't know that i would have shut down but i definitely would have been super in my head about that one thing and annoyed because there's also that feeling of like well if your girlfriend thinks this about your book imagine what the rest of the world thinks like yeah i i i 100 agree with that and i also think that like that particular comment about like women in New York don't wear scrunchies is the sort of thing that like, he's a fiction writer. He's supposed to imagine characters. He isn't. It's the sort of thing that like shakes your whole, like, can I execute characters? Can I do yeah. what I do? Like, it's like a really, yeah, you I get it. Write, like why? Yeah. Can I even write a woman? Exactly. Do I even understand how to write other people, other types of people. I and also, you see the spiral. Yeah. I also think that it's like, I, I, I'm a, absolutely obsessed with that fight scene. So I'm going to bring it back up, but it's also like, Imagine making a seven course meal for somebody. And the first thing is you say, what What do you think? And they're like, the bread's a little chewy. And you like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, mm-hmm. OK, but I mean, this is probably a novel that he spent years working on. It's the love of, of his life, you know, reading it. It's like, so don't be vulnerable. a bitch. But you know what? I saw myself in that. I could totally see myself doing something stupid like that to somebody and being like a little too honest and a little too critical, not because I think I'm mean, but just because sometimes my head's in my ass like. I I totally understood her, too, because I've done stupid shit like that before. I must say, just to be the slightest bit mean to Burger for a moment, the novel is called Hurricane Pandora. And (laughs) enough said, (laughs) enough said. It has some of the roughest cover art I have ever seen. (laughs) What was the cover art? Oh, my God. I can I can send it to you. It's literally like a black and white photo. There's like a head at the bottom of it and then like a black and white scene of a beach. And then the text (laughs) is like in this big yellow font. And it's so silly. It's like the perfect debut novel, fake debut novel on the show. And also like 
Hurricane um, Pandora. I'm yeah. dying. And also, like, a little bit, like, bad news if that's Burger's novel. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It was also interesting when he was like, when he was like, well, because it's a failure. And they didn't really go into that. So I actually didn't totally know what he meant. Did he mean, like, it's a flop? Nobody bought it. Nobody read it. Is that what he means? Yeah. I mean, they do get into it a little bit more in the season, but. Yeah, I do feel like that was a pretty big bomb to drop and then they didn't explore. I was it. just curious. Um, I was like, oh, what What do you mean? Yeah, I they, they are going to get into it more. Okay. Um, but yeah, I yeah, it felt like something that Carrie should be like, what do you mean? Like, tell me more. Yeah, I was curious versus just like, shut up. I want to say something and don't you dare make a joke. Right Even now. though I love that. Yeah, I did. But too. I also have to say it's kind of interesting, too, because it's like something they don't really talk about too much and maybe Jamie they will in the future I don't remember but like two writers being together is amazing but also there could be like competition and like I mean I think oh yeah I'm glad you're bringing that up well, I, for sure right and I just think the fact that she read it and liked it is such a relief because like imagine falling in love with somebody and reading their novel and it was horrible so like Ugh. I'm actually surprised that she wasn't like after she read it like oh my god you're a good writer thank god I was worried for two seconds what if it wasn't great I'm so happy I'm in love with you and you're talented like yeah, I don't know why I didn't like when she said "beautiful writer." I don't know why that bumped. It sounded me. condescending. It's just like, like something a mom not, would say. It doesn't. Yeah, it didn't feel like a girlfriend comment. No, it felt it felt patronizing. A hundred percent. You're a beautiful writer. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, gross. Do you even like me? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like your book was fucking great. You're fucking great. I don't know what I want instead, but I just don't like your. Yeah, it writer. sounded like a little bit like a mom after like a little league game. Like you were great out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Out on yeah. the a out mom, on the publishing like, field. Yeah. Yeah. Mom who's just been given like a stack of artwork from their child's <laughs> elementary school. They're like, I love this pasta stuck to <laughs> construction paper. You're a beautiful artist. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, the episode closes with Charlotte single again, waiting for someone to pick up Harry's TV. And Carrie and Berger, they have a fun little scrunchie run-in where Berger is wearing a scrunchie and it makes Carrie laugh and everything's fine now between them. And that brings us to the question of the episode. One of the signs that a female gorilla is in love is that she can be seen picking nits off her male companion. And yet in humans, nitpicking can ruin a perfectly good evening, not to mention a relationship. Women are known to be more verbal than men, but when does criticism that's constructive become destructive? Are there times when the ladies should just shut the fuck up? I mean, absolutely goddamn hell yes. I mean, I have to say, my mom is one of my favorite people on earth. I love her more than I can say, but she is so nitpicky and micromanagey with my stepdad. It is something I have to be so careful not to emulate because it is too much. And I think women can be really critical. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I my mom is like that with my dad as well. Like everything my dad does irritates my mom. And it's like the way uh, you chew, the way you breathe. It's, it's like, let a man yeah, live. It's definitely not reciprocated my dad never has a thing to say about my mom like he he, if he not even critical. dared yeah he's just not critical yeah if he <laughs> dared exactly yeah same with my um, stepdad i i think so yeah. yes i don't like telling women to shut the fuck up um 
therapist at a principal, but in relationships, yeah, sometimes you really just need to shut the fuck up. I think if you have critical Good advice, actually, yeah, I think if you come from critical parents, which I would say like over half of the percentage of people do, some people's parents aren't critical, but a lot of ours are. And a lot of criticism, honestly, I mean, I can say from my mom, it's just like a family culture thing. I don't think it's like out of a malicious spirit. I, I think it's from insecurity. I think it's controlling. I think there's a lot to yeah, it. It's definitely control for me. Yeah. It's super <laughs> controlling. I, and yeah. I, yeah. Because I've been living here for a couple months, I've really seen it. And I've just been like, wow, Rose, you really have to make sure that you're not repeating this because this isn't good. Yeah. It's also just like, imagine if a guy did that to you, you'd be out the door. You'd be like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And it's also kind of weird it. because it's like a harsh. I don't like to use Jewish for everything, but I do think Jewish culture can be a little harsh sometimes, certainly Israeli culture and just like a little bit like saying what you mean and being really direct. And there's like a fun, spicy element to that. And then there's like a hurtful element to that, too. Totally. Yeah. It's a fine line. Mm -hmm. And I think there's good and bad. I think the direct thing is good. And I think sometimes you got to shut the fuck up. Yep. It's almost like a he's just not that into you. Like he's just not that into you. And sometimes you just have to shut. The fuck I think up. that's right. <laughs> Those are our lessons mm -hmm. today. Um, okay, well, that brings us to our final segment. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I'm horny for two things. Boxed mac and cheese from Annie's. Mm. <laughs> I had it for dinner. What what pasta shape are we dealing bunnies. with? Bunnies. Whole wheat bunnies. Fuck yeah. The bunnies <laughs> are the best. They just like capture the cheese in a way that the little elbow mac can't i have a note for you italians uh have you ever made bunny shaped pasta because uh <laughs> you might be missing something so i had that for dinner last night and lunch today going strong bunny con crema bunny con carne <laughs> bunny con carne <laughs> and then my second horny for is slow and steady wins the race as a concept oh okay mm -hmm. love that yeah just like not rushing things period yeah that's great jamie what are you horny oh, for man. this week Okay, I am horny for, well, I'm horny for Grubhub. Mm. I I was really just post-mating most of the time, and then I realized there are certain restaurants that are only exclusive with Grubhub in L.A., so I switched over just, just a little bit. I ordered um, from this place called Love Baked Wings. Have we talked mm. about this, Rose? Mm -mm. Okay, it is so delicious. It is, it's a wing restaurant. It's all baked, and... um. They just have like really delicious sauces and everything's gluten free. Like all of their, they have like potato wedges and carrot fries that are sort of like dusted in some kind of crust and it's all gluten free. So you don't feel like you're in a sleepy little coma afterwards, at least for me. Hashtag dust crust. To me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just really delicious. So if you happen to live in Los Angeles or visit Los Angeles, love baked wings is the shit. It's so good. Yum. I love it. And that concludes our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog.
This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.